Christian author and former LGBTQ activist Rosaria Butterfield is now publicly repenting for up until recently using transgender pronouns. And her public announcement of this repentance is actually incredible. Also, America is reportedly threatening to take away aid from Uganda because Uganda is set to criminalize homosexuality. What in the world does all this mean? We'll be getting into it today. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Tuesday. Hope the start of your week has been great. Before we get into it, just a reminder, we've got some new merch. I'm wearing some right now if you're watching on YouTube. And by the way, this is embroidered. Isn't that cute? And we have a lot of different colors too. It's not just gray, but I'm very much a gray gal. So this is gray and then the stitching is navy. Remember guys, Mother's Day coming up. Your girl, she wants relatable merch. We've got some corduroy hats, so cute. I wear this relatable merch all the time. I'm actually waiting for the rest of my relatable merch to come in because I love it so much. So you can go to AllieMerch.com. We'll link it. You can use Allie10 for 10% off so you get a little discount. Uh, if you love the show, please leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that, especially when you tell us why the show is impactful for you. That encourages not just me, but everyone who is involved in the show. It just reminds us of why we do why we do. And that reason, the one of the biggest reasons besides glorifying God is you. So um, if you get a chance to do that, we would absolutely love that. All right, let's go ahead and get into just two stories. We're talking about two stories today, but because they're bigger stories. I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to them. Also, this is going to be, or else I'm going to, I'm going to try to make it be an express episode, a quick episode um, due to some scheduling conflicts or obligations that I have. And so I will be as thorough as possible, but also try to move through this quickly. So I've been wanting to talk about this subject for a while, and now is the perfect time because it's back in the news. And that is what is happening in Uganda right now. Uganda, obviously, a country in Africa, and they are passing a bill. They're debating a bill right now that criminalizes homosexuality. And America is saying, wait, not so fast. Or really, I should say the American left. So the American government is saying, what are you doing over there in Uganda? No, we don't think so. You need to be in line with us morally. And so they are trying to impose our Western American LGBTQ values on this country in Africa. So here's how that is all shaking out and why I think this is so significant and ironic in such a sad and darkly funny way. So there was an opinion article that was published in the Washington Post just a couple days ago titled, It's Not Just Uganda, Much of Africa is Marching Backward on LGBT Rights. Even that headline is interesting to me because that indicates that Fords is what? Fords is not just saying that we need to be okay with homosexuality or that we need to legalize gay marriage. But if we're looking at Ford in the United States, that means 
drag shows for children. That means children dancing in drag. That means in elementary schools, kids being presented through books and curriculum, this idea that you should be thinking about your sexuality, you should be thinking about whether or not your genitalia matches your feelings on the inside. So in America, that's what we see as Ford. We see as Ford the chemical castration of 10-year-old boys. We see as Ford teenage women, teenage girls who are confused about their gender getting their breasts cut off. We see Ford as cross-sex hormones. We see moving Ford on the LGBTQ issue as men competing against women and girls going into women and girls' bathrooms and facilities and occupying domestic abuse shelters. And so apparently the American left in the United States who believe they have a monopoly on progress They think that Africa needs to go in the direction of the United States. Now, don't you think that any just kind of common sense person outside of the West and especially outside of or really particularly outside of the U.S. looks at what we're doing and saying that doesn't look like Ford to me? That actually looks backwards? That looks perverse? That looks depraved? Like, I don't even know if you necessarily have to have a Christian worldview to look at what we're doing in the U.S. when it comes to gender and the reconstruction of the family without even considering a little bit the repercussions on the development of children and say, I'm not so sure that that is forward. I'm not so sure that is towards this kind of horizon of uh, moral betterment. And that, of course, is what the left thinks. And that's also just an interesting note. We've only gotten to the headline, but it's just an interesting note about the worldview, the philosophy, the theology of the left, that they believe that there is some horizon. There is some horizon of moral perfection that we are supposed to be moving toward. And conservatives, especially conservative Christians, are all holding us back and trying to bring us backward. And they've been trying to move us forward. And that's kind of their eschatology. That's what they think about what the end times are going to look like. Of course, they don't have the same idea of the end times as we do, those of us who believe in the Bible, but they believe in the same kind of idea that they are bringing a kingdom here on earth of total equality, total equity, and total liberation. And that means sexual liberation, gender liberation, economic liberation, all of these things. So even in this headline of this opinion article in the Washington Post indicates so much about how the left and how progressives see human beings, see sexuality, see identity, and see morality and eschatology. So there's a lot packed in there. Let's see what this person actually actually says. Hang on, I got to click on it because my notes don't say. Okay, it's, so it's by the editorial board, okay? By the editorial board of the Washington Post. So Uganda is hardly alone, the article says, in its anti-LGBT posture. Of the 64 or so countries that still criminalize same-sex relationships, at least half, at least 32 by most counts, are in Africa. While generally the world is moving toward more acceptance on LGBT rights, Africa forms a near-unanimous block of intolerance. Um, See, so this is this is also funny because you know the left believes that there is some multinational multi-ethnic coalition of the oppressed that is made up of black and brown indigenous atheist agnostic people 
non-Christians that are all fighting against the bourgeoisie of white Christian nationalist supremacists. Like that is how the critical race theory um view of the world functions, that it's the oppressed versus the oppressor, the black and brown, the poor. Um, they are all on the side of the marginalized. Those white, privileged, cis, hetero Christian people are on the side of the oppressor. And in their minds, everyone on the side of the oppressed should agree when it comes to sexuality and morality and things like that. And that's just a faulty view of the world. It's a faulty view of human beings. It's a faulty view of cultures. And that's why ultimately their worldview, their understanding of how things work really breaks down. And so they are lamenting that the continent has widespread homophobia too often enshrined in law and repeatedly upheld by the courts. They give some different examples. And Vice President Harris, on her recent three-nation trip to the continent beginning March 27, talked about the need for African countries to ensure all people be treated equally. And look, Africa does have a problem with this. Like, I'm not saying that Africa is some beacon of morality over there. There are a lot of issues. Slavery still exists. The way that women are treated in and outside of marriages in many African countries is abhorrent. Religious minorities, racial minorities in the continent of Africa are not treated well. So I'm not saying that I am on the side of Africans' view of human rights. But for America to point fingers at Africa because they are not embracing homosexuality or drag queens the way that we want them to is not just hypocritical because we've got so many moral moral issues here, but it's also hypocritical in the sense that the left is always talking about the dangers of colonialism and imperialism, that Americans and especially white people and Christians have tried to colonize black and brown countries. We've tried to imperialize black and brown and poor countries and use them for um, our own enrichment, try to impose our values on the rest of the world and just how dangerous and evil and violent that's been. That's what the left does. That's what they're doing right now by trying to impose our ideas of what equality should look like on the nation of Africa. Africa apparently doesn't want anything to do with how we see human beings and, and human nature and morality. So like, why are we getting involved in this? So let me explain to you what this bill actually is, why the Washington Post is crying about it, and why the United States is now saying, we might punish you for that. Let me pause and tell you about our first sponsor for the day. That's Quinn's Goat Soap. This is a really unique sponsor that I have because it's such a special business. It was started actually by a 15-year-old. His name is Quinn, and a few years ago, he asked his parents for goats for his birthday. I mean, how many nine-year-olds do you know that ask for goats for their birthday so they could make cheese out of the goat milk and sell it for a profit. So very entrepreneurial and industrial and industrious guy. And now his family 
is all working in this business, Quinn's Goat Soap. So they make soap, they make shampoo. It smells amazing. Obviously, it's made from that goat milk. He is so disciplined. He still takes care of the goats. He's milking the goats. He wakes up early in the morning to take care of all of his responsibilities. And now they've really grown just because of their hard work and because of word of mouth. And so I honestly, I feel honored that they are advertising on this show and that I get to present them to you. I've been using Quinn's goat soap. I absolutely love it. It smells so good. They've got seasonal scents that they have too. And I just love supporting this family. What a sweet Christian family with the same values that you and I have. And I want to honor his entrepreneurial spirit too. And I want you to as well. Go to qpgoatsoap.com. Use code Allie for 10% off the total order. qpgoatsoap.com. Use code Allie for 10% off the total order. qpgoatsoap.com. All right, so this bill, um, right now, I, I I believe that we are still waiting for it to be signed into law, I believe. Um, right now, I think it is still going before President uh, Museveni, and he has 30 days to sign it. And so it passed the parliament on March 21st, and now I think we're going to wait to see if he's actually going Um, going to sign it. So let me tell you what's in it. And I'm not saying that I agree with all of this. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you the contents of it. Aggravated homosexuality could face 10 years in prison. So that means offense committed against a minor, a person living with HIV or a person with a disability. Same-sex marriage, so the attempt to marry someone who is your same sex, could face 10 years in prison. The person conducting the marriage could face two years in prison or lose their license. Aiding and abetting homosexuality and conspiracy to engage in homosexuality could face up to two years in prison. Promoting homosexuality could lead to a fine of $5,000 of currency points. Um, that's equivalent to about $26,000 um, in, uh, in U.S. dollars or face two to five years in prison. If a corporate body or association promotes homosexuality, they face losing their certificate of um, registration. So, OK, they are doing whatever they think is necessary to try to curb the promotion of homosexuality in their country. And I guarantee it's because they're looking at the West and how we are absolutely disintegrating. They're looking at the United States and they're like, okay, well, it's not just about the trans stuff. Like we need to back up a little bit and make sure that we are promoting natural marriage and natural relationships. And so after this bill was passed, here's what the chamber looked like. This country will stand firm. And once it passed, I can tell you, Madam Speaker, we are going to reinforce the law enforcement officers to make sure that homosexuals have no space in Uganda. Wow. Okay, so they were cheering after this bill was passed. And then here's the president. Um, He gave a speech a couple weeks ago saying, basically indicating that he is going to support and sign this bill. This is President Museveni of Uganda. The homosexuals are deviations from normal. This deviant 
is he deviant by nature or by nurture? We, we need a medical opinion on that. The Western countries should stop wasting the time of humanity by trying to impose their practices on other peoples. I mean, he's correct and that the West should stop wasting their time trying to impose our values on Uganda when it comes to an issue of morality and sex, when it comes to an issue of sexuality, when it comes to the formation of the family, why should we be getting involved in what Uganda has to say about that? So I think he's correct. And by the way, homosexuality is a deviation from a natural life-bearing union. So he is correct about that. And again, I'm not saying Uganda doesn't have its own other problems with human rights. I won't pretend like I'm well-versed in all of the laws of Uganda, but just what we know about how the government has functioned and how the people there fare in light of how, that, of how the government functions, I would say that there are probably some other issues. But I don't see why the U.S. needs to involve itself or interrupt this democratic process that is going on here in Uganda if we are so pro-democracy and anti-imperialism, as the left is always saying. But here is the press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, saying, oh, no, we absolutely have something to say about what Uganda is doing with homosexuality. We have grave concerns with the passage of the Anti-Homosexuality Act, AHA, by the Parliament of Uganda yesterday, and increasing violence targeting LGBTQI plus persons. If the AHA is signed into law and enacted, it would impinge upon universal human rights, jeopardize progress in the fight against HIV AIDS, deter tourism, and invest in Uganda and damage Uganda's international reputation. The bill is one of the most extreme anti-LGBTQI plus laws in the world. Human rights are universal. No one should be attacked, imprisoned, or killed simply because of who they are or whom they love. I would like to know how big of a problem this even is in Uganda. I guarantee there's no one who thinks that they're the opposite sex in Uganda. Like, I guarantee you that there is no man in Uganda that is trying to become a woman or wear a dress. I mean, that's a very luxurious problem that we hear that we have here in the United States. It's not like naturally occurring or organic. It's not like real that all of these men all of a sudden realize that their whole lives they've actually been in the wrong body. That's the product of widespread pornography. It is also the product of propaganda that is being pushed by the medical industry because it makes them a lot of money by ideologues, by perverts. So it's very manufactured here in the United States. I highly doubt that transgenderism is this widespread problem in Uganda. I also just think it's interesting. Again, a world a worldview issue here that she is talking about universal human rights. Who says what a universal human right is? Like who determines that? Who defines that? Because in the leftist world, the government is the highest form of authority. Of course, in our world, we believe that God is the highest form of authority. So he decides on and defines what a human right is and tells us why. 
because they obviously don't believe that human beings are made in the image of God and therefore we have rights given to us by him that cannot arbitrarily be taken away by the government. Um, We also don't believe that they can redefine marriage or redefine gender. The left does believe that human beings and especially the state has the power to define and redefine those things. And so who who is saying what a universal human right is? Why does what America says is a universal human right trump what Uganda says is a human right? Now, I think that's an interesting debate, by the way. I think that absolutely can be debated. But from the leftist, morally bankrupt, bankrupt uh, mentality, the god of self mentality that progressivism rests on, I- I'm not really sure her argument for um, objective truth really stands up to scrutiny. I mean, these are the same people who talk about moral relativism, cultural relativism. White people can't tell black people what is right and wrong. America can't tell China that communism is bad, whatever. But all of a sudden, they're very sure about objective morality and universal truth when it comes to gay sex. Very interesting how they pick and choose those things. Okay, so the U.S. is now talking about doing something about this. This is something that the United States has done. Hey, if you don't follow our values and our laws when it comes to these different issues, then we're going to have to look at some of the money that we've been giving to you. So the U.S. does give assistance to Uganda. We give assistance to lots and lots and lots of countries, and it really doesn't do anything in the way of helping the people that live there. What's that Ron Paul quote? Foreign aid is money given um, given by given by poor people in rich countries to rich people in poor countries. And that's absolutely true. Typically, when we're giving foreign aid, it is just lining the coffers, filling the coffers of the people in charge there. It doesn't actually trickle down to the people in the country that actually need it. So that's probably true of Uganda, but we're still able to pull some strings because we are giving financial aid. So um, so we give them about $950 million a year which is wild. Um, the U.S. government plays a key role in improving health outcomes by strengthening Uganda's capacity to, to sustainably address emergency health threats, tuberculosis, malaria, maternal child health, family planning. U.S. exports to Uganda include machinery, optical and medical CDs, instruments, uh, uh, wheat and aircraft. U.S. imports from Uganda include coffee, cocoa, base metals, and fish. And so apparently America is reevaluating our relationship with Uganda and the help that we give to Uganda. The U.S. National Security Council is talking about how terrible this is. The U.N. is talking about how terrible this is. I mean, this is absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. The slavery that exists in China and in Africa, that's not enough to make the United Nations like perk up and say, ooh, maybe we should do something about the million Uyghur Muslims that are enslaved in China. That's not enough. But someone says, and eh, we're not going to promote homosexuality. Excuse me, says the UN. Okay, so um, some responses that people uh, that people have been giving. Delano Squires, one of my favorite guests, and he's a contributor to Uh, Jason Whitlock's show, he says, watch all of the anti-colonialists at the Washington Post and the New York Times demand that the West use its political and economic power to make African 
Christian nationalist countries like Kenya and Uganda bend the knee to pride. Narratives are about to get seriously scrambled. It's so true. The narratives are getting seriously scrambled. And we've been talking about this for a long time, how the left is imperialist by nature, not just when it comes to other countries, but every institution in the United States. Perhaps Uganda, Delano says, doesn't want its culture colonized by the West again. Maybe the people there would rather fly their own flag than yours. And this is a picture of the weird pride flag that we have. Like maybe they're looking at someone like Rachel Levine and like, well, I don't think we can take the United States seriously, which I think is fair. Um, Now, the yeah, US, USA Today is saying that it's not true that U.S. is threatening to cut off Uganda aid if it doesn't legalize homosexuality. But their fact check was actually based on a 2014 law. They didn't even acknowledge the current bill or what Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, said in her press briefing. And so I'm just not so sure that the USA Today is caught up on what's really going on. It does seem like that's what the United States is saying. Um, Uganda and the United States have been going back and forth on this for a long time. It's so strange how this is such a high priority for the U.S. I want you to stop and consider why that could possibly be. All right, we'll get into some other things in just a second. Let me pause and tell you about our next sponsor, and that is Good Ranchers. I love Good Ranchers in my house. It makes my life so much easier. I can just thaw the meat. I can cook a bunch of meat at the beginning of the week, and then I'm good to go for my meals, my dinners throughout the week. It makes feeding my family healthy food really easy, really convenient. It saves us time. It saves us money. I loved I love all of their cuts of steak, their craft beef, their better than organic chicken. We love their scallops and salmon, all of it. It's really, really good. All from American Farms. You're also supporting a Christian conservative company. When you buy from Good Ranchers, if you subscribe, then that box of meat shows up to your door every month and it just makes your life better. With your subscription right now, they're giving you free bacon for a year. What? Free bacon for a year. That's a pound and a half of bacon in every box. That's an amazing deal. If you go to goodranchers.com and use my code Allie at checkout, you'll get $20 off your order. Goodranchers.com, code Allie for $20 off. Goodranchers.com, that's American meat delivered. All right, I think that's all I have to say about the Uganda stuff. Um, also, I've been wanting to talk about El Salvador. They've gotten really serious about crime there. And of course, the American NGO world is decrying how mean they're being to these violent and murderous and raping and trafficking gang members. This is what the U.S. does. Like our activist class, our political class, their morality is so upside down and so warped that they are more concerned with pushing depravity and pushing lawlessness in other countries than they are actually fixing the real problems that we face. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, um, here's something that's not crazy. Here's something that is extremely sane, and that is Rosaria Butterfield. She posted an article yesterday in Reformation 21 titled Why I No Longer Use Transgender Pronouns and Why You Shouldn't either. Oh, I was so excited to see this article. I love Rosaria Butterfield and the work that she has contributed. If you don't know who she is, she is a woman who um, was a lesbian for her entire adult life. She was a professor of queer theory 
And so in that way, she was extremely progressive. And then she became a Christian. When she became a Christian, she was, like all Christians are, um, called, uh, she was called to deny herself, to take up her cross and to follow Christ. She became a new creation. She realized that part of that was honoring God with her uh, relationships, honoring God with her sexuality, honoring God with her identity, with who she was. And so she actually left the partner that she had been with, I think for 20 years, realizing that God was calling her to conform her life, to conform her love with what the Bible says is good and right and true. As we've talked about many times, the Bible is so crystal clear about gender and marriage. It's rooted in creation, Genesis 1.27. It's repeated or reiterated through out scripture, like honor your father and mother. It's repeated by Jesus in Matthew 19. It is representative of Christ in the church as we read in Ephesians 5. And in that way, it is reflective of the gospel. The Bible starts with a marriage in Genesis. It ends with a marriage between Christ, the bridegroom, and the church, the bride in Revelation. So the definition of marriage is male and female has not only physical reproductive significance, but also has gospel eternal significance. It's non-negotiable for the Christian. So Rosaria realizing that after she was justified by Christ, after she was saved by grace through faith, through sanctification, God also confronted her with this sin that she had to let go of. And so she's written a couple books about this. She wrote um, what ended up being a viral response to Jen Hatmaker several years ago when Jen Hatmaker came out and said, you know what, I'm a Christian that is pro-LGBTQ. Rosaria Butterfield said, No, 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 no. That is not how you love people. You don't affirm them in their sin. You don't push them away from what God says is best for them. In that way, you're actually hating them. You are actually harming them. She said several times that part of her testimony is that the people who brought Christ to her, um, that they gained her trust by telling her the truth, by telling her the truth, by refusing to lie to her. And so, however, Because I think she is so empathetic towards people who have been in that world, who are a part of that community, because she believes so deeply in the importance of building relationships through kindness with people who are not believers. She did kind of give in to this idea, which is propagated by people like Preston Sprinkle, of so-called pronoun politeness. So using someone's stated pronouns that oppose their biology, transgender pronouns, in an effort to connect with them, in an effort to build a relationship with them. Now, we've been talking for several years on this show, and of course, we're not the only ones who have said this, not the only Christians who have stated their belief that using pronouns that you know, that you know do not correspond to that person's biology is a sin, and ultimately it's unhelpful. If I know a man is a man who identifies as a woman, I am not going to call him she because I am not supposed to lie. And I care more about honoring God who says very clearly in Genesis 1 that he made them male and female than I do appeasing this person's feelings. And I do believe that there is um, there is the possibility of having a kind conversation with that person, explaining why you need to affirm the truth and why it's so important to affirm this very good and purposeful reality that God made them male or female, made them in his image. He did not make a mistake when they gave 
um, when he gave them their chromosomes, whatever they may be. And so you have to affirm that reality, affirming that goodness of them being made in God's image and affirming the fact that their body is good. So we have been on that page for a very long time, but there have been people like Preston Sprinkle, like several others, and I guess Rosaria Butterfield, who said, no, 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 to be kind, to be nice, to try to get my foot in the door, I am going to use preferred pronouns. Um, so she now, though, realizes that that is a sin. That's what she calls it. She calls it a sin. And she is publicly repenting of that sin and Praise God that she has the humility and the strength to do that, that she is so sure of her identity and security in Christ that she's not afraid of people criticizing her or saying, how could you make that mistake? More of us need to have that humility and confidence in Christ to be able to do that. So she says um, she uh, that her use of transgendered pronouns recently, up until recently, was not a mistake, it was sin. Public sin requires public repentance, not just course correction. I publicly sin on the issue of transgender pronouns, which I've carelessly used in books and articles. I've publicly sinned by advocating for the use of transgender pronouns in interviews and public Q&As. She says, why did I do this? I have a bunch of lame and backside covering excuses. Here are a few. It was a carryover from my gay activist days, she said. I wanted to meet everyone where they were and do nothing to provoke insult. She said, getting this wrong is not a matter of personal liberty. How is using transgender pronouns sinful, you might ask? She says, using transgendered pronouns is a sin against the ninth commandment and encourages people to sin against the 10th commandment. Using transgender pronouns is a sin against the creation ordinance. Using transgender pronouns is a sin against image bearing. It is It discourages a believer's progressive sanctification and falsifies the gospel. It cheapens redemption. It tramples on the blood of Christ. Using transgender pronouns fails to love my neighbor as myself. It fails to offer genuine Christian hospitality and instead yields the definition of hospitality to liberal communitarianism, identity politics, and human flourishing. It's... um, It's a sin because the Bible defines it as sin. Sin does not lose its evil because of our good intentions or the personal sensibilities of others. Changing cultural forces can bring sin into fresh light, but a renewed focus is no excuse for sin and no dodge for repentance, not for a real Christian. She says, so I repent. And then she calls out some Christians who have been saying the opposite and I'll get to that in just one second. Let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day. That is Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. It offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major Network. So go ahead, switch to a company that actually aligns with your values, that's supporting with the, the things that you believe in rather than actively working against you. They also offer a coverage guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to a different network for free without changing carriers. But this is a really great company. You're not going to want to switch and you're going to feel good about sending your dollars here. This is the no- you have the knowledge that you are supporting free speech, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, our military, first responder heroes. They're 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Allie or call 878-PATRIOT. You'll get free activation today with the offer code Allie. patriotmobile.com slash Allie or call 878-PATRIOT. 
She says psychologist Mark Yarhouse and author Preston Sprinkle summarized the Christian case for transgender pronouns. They believe using transgender pronouns is respectful of one's chosen identity. It's kind and courteous and necessary for continuing a relationship with a transgender person. I once simply said all these things too, but this position makes no Christian sense. Yes, and amen, Rosaria Butterfield. And how sad is it that our like smartest public Christians can't wrap their head around this? But I mean, gosh, there we all need grace because there are all misunderstandings. I mean, there are many misunderstandings that all of us have. So I shouldn't. I, I'm trying not to issue criticism in that way. But when someone like Preston Sprinkle builds his platform on this lie and deceives so many Christians into believing that lying is loving, then I think I, I am justified in taking issue with it. But it is, it's just hard for me to understand how Christians who love Jesus, who know their Bible cannot see so obviously that this is a lie and harmful. She says, does any real Christian believe crafting a relationship on falsehood will give the gospel a better hearing? Who? Let me read that again. Does any real Christian believe crafting a relationship on falsehood will give the gospel a better hearing? And is that how people are converted? By meeting God on sin's terms and hearing nice things about themselves? Wow. Christian author and counselor Laura Perry Smaltz offers a different perspective. In her past, she lived as a so-called transgendered man and called herself Jake. She went through the whole um, transition process, and she said that in her book, Transgender Transformed, the opposite approach to what Preston Sprinkle offers— is actually what worked for her. She said, when the Lord enlivened her heart and mind with the gospel, she returned to the church of her youth and her conservative Christian parents. Her church and parents had refused to use her preferred pronouns throughout all the years she lived and the false identity of transgenderism. Why did she return to them? Listen to this. Their refusal to lie compelled her trust. Preston Sprinkle, Mark Yarhouse, David French, Revoice, Side B Christianity, and any parachurch ministry that elevates being winsome as the end game provide useful examples to defy. They nod in the direction of traditional values, but then swap biblical clarity for postmodern pluralism, thus burning to the ground any legitimate theological bridge to gospel grace. Transgenderism, she says, is satanic. We who once promoted, quote unquote, pronoun hospitality lent false credibility to a wolfish theology that fails to protect the sheep. Instead, it eats them alive. Here's what she says. Do you love your neighbor? Do you love your Lord? Do you believe that Jesus alone is the way, the truth, and the life? John 14, 6. Does Jesus save us from our sins? Do we delegate this task to the priests of our day? Or do we delegate this task to the priests of our day, the therapists? Do you know the difference between making false friends and loving your enemies? And then she goes on to say, if you want to make false friends that will never truly convert to Christianity or understand the gospel and the goodness of the word for what it is, then continue to lie to them. So she is repented. And God has forgiven her of this sin. May we all have such strength and humility 
to be willing to publicly repent for public sins. And, you know, maybe the Lord allowed her to be deceived in this way for a period of time so that now she could show an example to all of us of what it looks like to then stand for truth and repent. I hope the people that she calls out in this article, like Preston Sprinkle and others, who I believe probably do have good intentions and who I believe love Jesus and know their Bibles, may they pay attention to this. May they pay attention to this and change course. We should have nothing to do with this destructive ideology. Remember, Christian, you cannot outlove God. God is love. 1 John 4, 8. He made us male and female. Genesis 1, 27. We are not love. Therefore, we will never outlove God by disagreeing with him. The most loving thing that we can always do is agree with God. God is not too harsh. God doesn't need to be nuanced. His word doesn't need to be negotiated. It doesn't need to be softened. It doesn't need to be made less blunt. We don't need to apologize for God. We don't need to cover up what God really says in the hopes that our obfuscating will maybe be winsome enough to win people to the gospel. That is worshiping the God of self, not the God of scripture. We can do this in kindness and love, but we should absolutely be firm and clear on the truth, knowing that God's truth is the most loving thing in all existence. All right, let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day before we get out of here. And that is Eden Pure and their air purifiers. This is um, an awesome product that a lot of you have gotten and you swear by it now. We talk a lot about, um, you know, cleaning your surfaces with safer products because our Naturally It's Clean sponsor takes care of that for us. But making sure that your air is clean is important too. Eden Pure makes uh, these air purifiers and their thunderstorm air purifier doesn't take up any space. You just plug it right into the wall. It uses O3 technology to take out the viruses, the bacteria, the bad odors that may be in your home or where wherever you are. Right now, they have an awesome deal going on. They've got a BOGO deal. So if you go to EdenPureDeals.com and you use discount code Allie, when you buy two, you get two free. When you buy five, you get five free. So buy one, get one free. Buy 70, get 70 free. It's pretty amazing. Their BOGO deal is going on right now. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use discount code Allie. That's code Allie. Okay. That's all we've got for today, man. There's a lot more that I could say on that. I know that there are a lot of questions too about the use of pronouns. How do you handle this with friends? How do you handle this with a loved one? How do you handle this um, in the workplace? How do you handle this if you're a, a school teacher? And there are actual repercussions for all of that. And we've talked about that before and I will try to get into that more because I think that there are some specific advice that I could give and that others have given if it's a personal relationship, I think you sit down with them and you say, I love you. I love God more. Um, but because I love you and God, and I believe this is what God's word says, and there's no biblical category for gender identity that is detached from sex. And because biology is not bigotry and God made you and your body purposely, I am going to call you by the name and the pronouns. Uh, that correspond with that good, purposeful, intentional reality. I think calling someone by a different name is less troublesome and less lying um, than calling someone by different pronouns that don't correspond to their sex. But 
there there's some debate about whether or not that is compromise, but speak the truth in love. And I mean, as Sultan Heitzen said, if there's one thing that we can do in the face of this revolution that is based on lies, it is to not lie. Just choose not to lie. If that's all you can do, do not lie. That's what Christians have been doing, as we talked about yesterday, for 2,000 years. You are not going to love someone into the gospel, into Christianity, by lying, by affirming their sin. So let's be bold in representing what is good and right and true to the best um, of our ability and in the kindest ways that we possibly can. But just know, even if your tone is perfect, even if you're as kind and as gentle as possible, someone who is lost is still going to see the truth as mean. They're still going to tone police you. They're still going to say that you didn't say it correctly. But that's just because they love their sin. So don't be discouraged by that. Just ask for wisdom and strength from the Holy Spirit and do the best you can. All right, guys. Remember to check out our merch. Leave a five-star review. I think that's all I got to say today. And we will be back here tomorrow with Steve Dace. Steve Dace.